You're listening to a podcast from RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Yes, it's time again for the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 122. So, as per usual, I guess we'll do a week in review, but I don't know. There wasn't a whole what lot there. What do you there. mean? I mean, by God, it's Shitstorm Part 2 because the shithole scandal continues because of our God, president. Well, no, no, I mean, no, 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 tears no, 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 So, uh, I think it's time to do the Pink Floyd show. Let's do the Pink Floyd show. Let's see if I can get Joe uh, on the horn here. And uh, we'll give you the Pink Floyd show. How about that? All right, let's see what we can do here. Damn it. Hang on. Uh, All right. All right. That should block them out. Okay. That's, uh... Let's see if I can get Joe. Hello? Can you hear me, Joe? Yes. Okay, we're back, and I'm with uh, my good pal Joe Conti. And if you recall, on an earlier episode, uh, Joe visited us and with his, his uh, therapist, Kenny Michaels. And, uh, and during the course of the conversation, it came up that I've been wanting to do a show on the uh, rock group Pink Floyd and uh, I remember Joe discussing that he likes the group as well on uh, Conti and Kenny. And so I thought, well, why don't I have Joe come on and we'll just chew the fat about Pink Floyd. And now that day has arrived because here's Joe Conti to help me with Pink Floyd. Welcome back, Joe. Hello, Douglas. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm just doing fine. Uh, so, Pink Floyd. Uh they began uh, in the early 60s, uh, uh, college kids, and uh, it was Roger Waters, uh, Nick Mason, and uh, Rick Wright at, uh, for, the, for the core of the beginnings, and uh, they just basically did cover tunes and whatnot. Uh, it's funny, they went through a series of names, uh, Sigma Six was the first one. And oh, was it? Yes, <laughs> and then the, the second one was Megadeths. <laughs> I mean, they predated deaths. Yes, they predated Megadeth. <laughs> oh, that's great. They went plural. <laughs> yes. Well, it was like four of them. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we are we... Dave Mustaine times four. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, no, we're not using it. And Dave said, okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so then they became the ad dabs. <laughs> Really? I don't know that stuff. Wow, that's a... Yeah. At the ad dabs? Yeah, then they became the screaming ad dabs. Oh, these fucking Brits are fucking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> they really exactly. are. Exactly, it's such a British name. <laughs> such a British thing. <laughs> and then they became uh, Leonard's Lodgers. <laughs> Maybe their landlord was named Leonard, I don't know. <laughs> and then what they come up with? Four members, 12 teeth? I mean, really, what did they... <laughs> <laughs> well, more like 12 members and 14. 14, yeah. Or, well, we have all our teeth, but they're all shit. Yes. You know? Uh, then it was the Spectrum 5, so I guess they had five members at that point. And then they settled on, uh, and speaking of being British, uh, T-Set. <laughs> T-Set. <laughs> they should no. have called, you know what they should have called themselves? What? Uh, Polite argument. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, boy, yeah, if you weren't gay enough, uh, yeah. T-Set. Now, the reason they didn't stick with T-Set, because oh, uh, eventually they got their, their first uh, 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 genius and frontman, Sid Barrett, and he joined the group, and, uh, got, and uh, he came up with Pink Floyd. Now, the reason he did that 
was because T-Set was already taken by another band. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That's the reason. <laughs> wasn't wasn't because they were like, holy shit, this is awful. <laughs> because now we will be talking about T-Set. <laughs> some, some other dickbag with a monocle and a top hat took that fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Another cube of sugar in the tea would be the, <laughs> the hit single of the 80s. Yeah, their second their second song was How Many Lumps Do You Want? <laughs> so, and that was named after two blues music, uh, musicians. One, his name was Pink Anderson. And then the second one, his name was Floyd Council. And yes, I guess they I decided, heard about that. Yeah. yeah, and they decided not to go with Anderson Council. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Sounds that's like a, the jury for a Jethro Tull fucking uh, issue. <laughs> <laughs> so Anderson Council might be a, a Pink Floyd cover band if you want to be really uh, that cool. would be fucking deep. Yeah, see, not only true fans would get it. <laughs> that's so, great. Yeah. So with Sid Barrett, they, they at the time, of course, psychedelic rock was all the rage. And uh, he he took to that very well, and their first uh, single uh, was Arnold Lane, and they B-side uh, a song called uh, uh, "See Emily Play," and it, it it was a hit, and they were getting uh, quite a following doing gigs and whatnot, and they did their first album, uh, "Piper at the Gates of Dawn." Now it, it that's a big psychedelic album and stuff, and you can see what a progression over the. A career of Pink Floyd, where they came from and how where they ended up with, because everybody, when you think of Pink Floyd, you think of their '70s work from like Dark Side of the Moon is like the first album, you know, yeah. and that's like, but dude, it's it's always interesting to look the origins and whatnot and the differences from it, because uh, Sid Barrett had a very distinctive voice. He had everything going for him. He was very talented. Uh, he was a good-looking guy. He had a, he looked like a rock star and all that sort of thing where the rest of them, I mean, Roger Waters was a pretty ugly guy. <laughs> Gilmore, once he came into band, he was like, like, you know, he was a young, handsome guy. Right, he, right. He was the know, pretty boy. Great on the guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but Sid, the problem with him is he had this massive nervous breakdown. And a lot of people blamed it on his dropping acid, which I'm sure didn't help, but I think he would have probably had the nervous breakdown anyway. But of course, taking tons of acid <laughs> probably didn't help. Yeah. It definitely wasn't a cure for his issues. You know? No, it was not. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to self medicate, uh, no, no, no LSD. So. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, uh, they had to dump him. They didn't want to, they tried to hold on to him and they actually had Gilmore come on as be the fifth member. And he would be kind of the backup because a lot of times uh, they would go do shows and Barrett would just stand there and stare and not do anything. So basically, uh, Gilmore had to had to just play the part, you know? And, uh, and so, but eventually that was just not workable. And so th uh, they split and Gilmore came on full time. And then for a while there, Gilmore's trying to kind of just copy Barrett, but that's not, you know, it is, that, that doesn't work. And uh, so they slowly developed their own sound. The thing about Barrett is that it, it maintained an influence of what happened to him over the band. So that when you look at things like uh, dark side of the moon and certainly uh, wish you were here, it's all of it's not all of it, but I mean, it's certainly the uh, core influence and theme uh, of those, uh, the, those works and even all the way into the wall because of just going insane and that sort of thing. Because I think it, it, it was just weird of an experience for Waters particularly to witness something like that. And it's kind of scary, you know, because he seemed like a normal guy. And then all of a sudden, he's just this total vegetable almost. Yeah. And uh, you, you can, like you said, a lot of the uh, albums and songs were basically odes to him. Right. They were just like, you know, songs about him. I mean, wish you were here. I mean, have a cigar. I mean, you know, it's just All that. It's, it's just about the the record industry and how they just totally just mess with this guy. You know, uh, yeah. listen, you could tell. I didn't know much about Sid Barrett, obviously, but you could tell he was a fragile guy. He was, right. you know, distraught. You know, he, he was probably in fifth grade and you were, you know, his friends were probably like, yeah, Sid's a cool guy, but ooh, he's got to relax. Yeah. And... <laughs> You know, and it obviously shows and you get older and then you have the pressures of, you know, the record industry and music and concerts and it just was too much for him. Yeah, it just 
it pushed him over the edge and he snapped. And sometimes when that happens, it, it's, you know, if people think of mental illness as something you can think yourself through, but no, there's, there's quite the physical component to it. And certainly he didn't, have, like I said, the LSD um, was not a good idea. And plus, but uh, it, it, it's possible he was schizophrenic and stuff like that, you know, but he ended up living with his mother for the rest of his life. He never got anywhere. And, but they all took care of him. They made sure he got his royalty checks and everything from the songs that he was responsible for. But it's all very sad. And, of course, Wish You Were Here, it's, it's this weird thing. They're doing this album, they're thinking about him, and they're going to be kind of like a tribute to him. And he shows up in the middle of the recording sessions for that album. <laughs> yeah, I heard that story. It's yeah. so insane, yeah. Yeah, he was his they head didn't even was recognize sha- him. Yeah, he, he, he'd shaved his head bald, and he was just, and he was kind of tubby. Yeah, they didn't even know who weight. he was, you know. Yeah. And so it just had this massive impact uh, on them. Uh, but it was interesting because later on, uh, there was an interview with Gilmore, and it was just kind of looking back over the years. And someone, the interviewer, was mentioning about, well, you know, uh, Sid Barrett was obviously an influence on the wall, too. And he kind of chuckled and said, What do you mean? You know, what is that? And the guys, it, it, it was odd. I didn't think that Gilmore never occurred to him. But I, and they were saying, Well, I mean, you look at the movie, which Roger Waters was a huge part of. Initially, they were going to cast him in it. But he couldn't act, <laughs> so they went with, uh, what's his name, Bob Geldof, to yeah. do the movie. But when you look at the images of how Geldof ends up looking in that movie, playing the main character through it, he looked just like what Sid Barrett looked like at that time, you know, with the shaved head and he shaved his eyebrows off, all that kind of thing, and that whole journey of madness. And then it's like you can see it on the – Gilmore suddenly realizes, oh, yeah, that's probably what Waters was talking about. <laughs> you know? Because by yeah. then uh, the two weren't exactly uh, simpatico anymore, but you know. yeah, it, it seems like the at least my uh, you know opinion is that it looks like the wall. I mean, it it seemed that the wall was like three components. It was uh, Sid Barrett and his you know his dealing with his own mind and his mom, because right. from what I yes. gather, his mom was very. You know, she was very hands-on, and she was yes. she was very controlling. And then you had, and I don't know if it was him or another guy in the band or somebody else who would have issues with his with his girl, and it could have also been Sid Barrett. And then you put Roger Waters losing his father when he was a baby. Right. You put those three components together, and you come up with the character Pink. Yes. And that's where the whole movie just goes. It's a guy who loses his father and... uh uh, his loses, domineering mother, his dominant and, domineering mother, and then a mental illness all together. And yes. he's a rock star. Yeah, and you know, I mean, the the movie. Listen, Roger Waters, he can just like all he has. To, it, it's like Roger Waters just like, well, you know what? Yeah, you wrote the wall. You could just end with that. Yes, and he's like <laughs> one of the greatest fucking minds in music ever. But he didn't just end with that, you know. No. And, and I know Waters is a little bit of a weirdo when it comes to his his politics. And oh he gets boy, don't get me started on oh that. Oh boy, when he starts talking about the Jews. Oh boy, it, oh it, man, I know. It gets, it's it gets like, weird. What the hell's man. the matter with you? He, he's a little out of his yeah. fucking mind. But, but there again, like he, he had a domineering mother because that, and that's the kind of thing he shared with Sid Barrett. They actually they were childhood friends. And uh, they both, they, Sid Barrett's father died as well. I don't know if he died in the war or not. I can't remember, but certainly Roger Waters' dad did. And so that absence of the the male role model, and you know, so he's aware of that that he didn't have the, the manhood example living with him. And but he had, so he's raised by this his mother, and his mother was very dumb. And of course, his mother was a proud communist. <laughs> oh, was she? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, yeah, poor kid never had a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you knew that one of them was going to end up dead, and the other one just with uh, you know just screaming about the Jews at a concert in uh, <laughs> yeah. in New York City <laughs> <laughs> while doing his sort of Nazi character from the war from the wall. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Roger, uh, have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> so yeah it's one of those things and this is comes kind of like a lot of times with your your heroes whether it be uh, rock stars or movie stars and they're good at their craft they're good at what they do and just stick with that because when you delve into whatever they're into it's not pretty <laughs> yeah and you can tell like that waters everything stems uh from 
like another it, it, its origin i think is from a a good place it's a guy who was just so against war obviously because right, he right. lost his father yes and then of course over the years you you know it and then it grows and it grows and then it becomes something where you're like oh I, and i dude i love roger waters i mean you, you know for me to sit there and and question Roger Waters' sanity sometimes it's very hurt it, it hurts me inside to do it but I have to I know I, I can't just sit there and be like dude he's amazing yeah but he's a little fucking nuts you know what I mean <laughs> you have to just go with he's a little out of his fucking mind but he's right. he's just so great at, I mean I just yeah I just love his stuff I mean he was a driving force after Barrett they lost Barrett and it's a it's a crazy thing. And you got to hand it to him that he was able to do that because when you consider the uh, sort of the power and presence that Barrett had in that initial outing and got them their deal, did, wrote the first album and all that stuff, and for Roger has to pick up the the mess and, and carry on and make it into something uh, uh, bankable, and he did. And uh, usually, when something like that happens, when you have your uh, strong front man who is gone, that's the end of the band, you know. And because yeah. uh, they lost their initial agents and stuff, they thought Sid Barrett's the creative genius here, but they didn't realize how bad it was. He did a couple of solo albums, but it was just impossible uh, to work with him. And uh, they 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 chose wrong oh, unwisely. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because Pink yeah. Floyd became this monster of the seventies, and uh, boy, <laughs> you could you wouldn't have to worry about anything ever again. But anyway, so yeah, Roger uh, does that. Uh, 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 and Dave Gilmore comes in as the the follow up guy and the second guy, and obviously the two of them were the leaders of the band. And Gilmore, you, it's easy to see that he's the guy you could probably get along with. You know? <laughs> yeah, he just you know what it is. It's just it. It sounds like Gilmore. You could sit there and talk to him, and mm -hmm. he wouldn't just bring up. Well, you know, you know, you know what happened with this World War Two, and then you know, it's just like, dude, I just want to hang out with you right. and talk about wish you were here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you, you could tell that um, Waters would just start talking, and he would get into it, and and he'd be like, you know, so so what do you think? You know, do you like this Trump guy? And I'd be like, dude, I don't want to talk about that with you. <laughs> I know. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> So. <laughs> if, you, if you thought Reagan was bad, one. <laughs> See, that's one of the things like Roger, he, he, he'd never accept it. But it's like the follow up to the wall was the final cut, which was just sort of like uh, the, the, a bad sequel to the wall. <laughs> There's good it, stuff on it. But he dates it with political commentary of the times and all these people are gone and the issues right. are over and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. It's just like, uh you know, it's like a stain on your work. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I actually like the final cut. The only thing about the final cut is that it's such a it's it's such an emotional album right. that if I'm not like doing something fun and if I'm listening to like um, and if I'm listening to the final cut, I could I could fall into a depression <laughs> Like, you know, I yes. mean, you know, except for uh, Not Now John, I mean, almost every song is very, even Not Now John, which is like an up song, and it, yeah. it's still about, uh, hey, this guy just got back from war, and he's trying to see his family, and the, and the government's like, nope, Not Now John, you gotta go back and <laughs> fucking fight some more. And you're Fuck like, all that, you gotta get yeah. back to <laughs> Oh, you know what I always loved? I, I always used to laugh, and you, since you know the song and you know the album, how funny must it have been? in the recording studio because obviously <laughs> they have these wonderful singers and they sound like uh, black women, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And can you imagine when they're like, all right, this is the song we're doing and they're like, fuck all that. <laughs> I what know. the fuck is wrong with this crack-ass motherfucker? You know what I mean? Because it's just great. It's like, you know, not now, John, we gotta get on with this. And they're like, yeah. fuck all that. And it's just... <laughs> I'm just sitting there. I would love to have been in the studio when they were doing this. Just to see these very, you know, could you, they were probably almost like, you know, probably looked like the Shirelles, like three right, girls right. all dressed exactly the same, and they're just trying to do their thing, and they got to sing, fuck all that, you know? It's, just, it's like, really? I, I could have went to go sing backup for Public Enemy if I wanted to, you know, curse and shit, you know? It was just yeah. really funny for me. I know, it, 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 and obviously he takes it all very seriously, but it's kind it's it almost great. becomes a parody song. It's hilarious. It's so awesome <laughs> to have these wonderful women sing this 
beautiful song, and it's just fuck all that, and it's just so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Yeah. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. I like beer. That's why I drink it. Ain't got nothing better to do. Might as well drink beer. Beer. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. And you want to hear it in the best way possible. So why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio? Key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic'd versions, designed to sound great for music and talk. Noise-reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code MrNelson at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. That's MrNelson. M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case-sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. Oh, well, we, what's this? <laughs> well, it's another spaghetti sci-fi rift by yours truly. Oh, man, don't leave me hanging. Fill me in on the details. Well, this time it's Mr. Nelson Riff's War of the Robots. Oh, boy. Yes, in War of the Robots, a scientist from Earth is kidnapped by a bunch of robots that all look like the late Rolling Stone Brian Jones. Huh, yes. The crew of the starship Trissy. What? <laughs> yes, they call it the starship Trissy. Uh, they pursue the robots to rescue the scientist and his beautiful assistant. They run around a lot, and once in a while they shoot ray guns and then watch TV. Yes, this spaghetti sci-fi romp was made by the same guys who made Cosmos War of the Planets. Oh, wow! Yes, so once again, someone on the set forgot to turn on the lights during filming. Oh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. Also in this package deal, you get Chapter 4 of Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe. Yes, Flash saves the Earth by taking a powder on a mountain. Meanwhile, Ming the Merciless makes Dale watch as Dr. Zarkov is forced to wear a dress. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. It also contains some music from Kevin MacLeod. Oh, wow! Where can I get this? Oh, you just have to head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. And this little gem can be yours simply for a buck seventy-five. Oh, wow! Cheap! Yes. Yes, it is. Joe Conti, former leader of the Night Glowers and current Lowland Gorilla, Kenny Michaels, former legendary amateur baseball player and current therapist. Together, they are The Conti and Kenny Show. Uncensored on Mondays at 7 p.m. on morelikeradio.com and clean as a whistle Saturdays at midnight to 2 a.m. on WMAX 1510 a.m. Boston. Subscribe on iTunes. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Yeah, yeah, he, it was, uh, yeah it, it's, there's some pretty good documentaries. I wish they would do it for all of them. I wish they would do. There's a good one on uh, Certainly Wish You Were Here that they did a couple of years ago uh, and uh, a Dark Side of the Moon. But uh, I wish they would do one on animals. But uh, certainly uh, the wall has been talked to death. Uh, but yeah, there was, that would come up when he would get these singers and they would kind of, kind of laughing about the, <laughs> not that one particularly, but just like, right. so yeah, it was all very weird and strange, but you know, you know, we do what we're told and all that, you know, to give them the sound they wanted. And Absolutely. So, because, you know, he, see the thing I, I think with, with Gilmore and Waters, what made them so great. And I think it would all be summed up in the the song mother right yeah because it's waters singing the part and waters doesn't have a phenomenal voice oh no no his voice is okay it but works his, it but the thing about waters is that he sings like if he's singing he sounds like he's actually in physical pain when he's singing <laughs> and that's is. what he brings to you he brings yes. 
it's all emotion. And it's like in, in the song Mother, he's sitting there asking his mother questions. And then Gilmore comes in with that angelic voice yeah. or even even comfortably <laughs> numb you could go with comfortably right comfortably numb. numb's another great collaboration it's perfect because yeah. it's it's waters playing the guy and he's upset or he's all banged up and then it's just and boom then and god then, shows up and it's oh, the universe to it. oh it just it makes the hairs on my arm stand it's just yeah. phenomenal man you know because he has that voice and then his guitar work because it's just so great uh it's almost like i love the um the pain that Waters brings and yeah. the love and the fucking sunlight that Gilmore brings. Right. And they, you put they complement each together. other. That's the yes. perfect compliment it's of, of so the two. Perfect. It's perfect. just too bad they got mad at each other, you know, but I can understand. I think Gilmore held out as long as he could. You well, know? because Waters just started writing and he was, yeah. the, and the wall was basically, it was all him. Oh, it was and, all, yeah, and, yeah, totally it was his. And they were just like, well, we, you know, it's like, you know, hey, we want to help out. He's like, yeah. yes, yes, sure, 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 yeah, 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 big guys, big guys, big guys. And he just did the whole thing. And they, and I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that the final cut were a lot of songs that he couldn't put in the wall. It, yeah. So it was. then he made that other, you know, and that and right. that didn't flow as well, like no. storyline, like, uh, like you know, but it's still, um, but it was all just this, you know. Just a, a guy who's just going through so much yeah. or just feeling so much pain and you can't help him just go, oh, my God, you know, like <laughs> if it's not a sunny day and you're not outside, you know, with the top down enjoying yourself, you will end up in a dark room smoking weed, just being all depressed, watching like a fucking, you know, a six minute, a, a cozy TV marathon of like six million dollar man <laughs> in a total depression. <laughs> It's yeah, just, <laughs> and of course, uh, I, I, an apropos description of a Pink Floyd because he's the one. Of course, Rogers started uh, introducing the sound effects and whatnot, and so of course, throughout the wall, you can hear clips from television shows and stuff like that because that's all the guy does is <laughs> watch TV and disintegrate. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he uh, Gomer Pyle. They yeah. play clips of Gomer Pyle because, uh, from what I understood, Gomer Pyle would, and I don't know if this is true. The show was uh, either sponsored or backed or, or or whatever created or produced by the uh, the military to make like a positive oh, okay. uh, thing yeah. while Vietnam was going on in the uh, mid 60s. Who knows if that's true or not? <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the reason why he put that in there. <laughs> to make it like, hey, we're just going to, hey, there's a war going on, but surprise, surprise, surprise. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you get this goofball just, you know, goofing around. So I, I don't know how much of it's true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's just so, like, to me, you know what? My friend made a great point. Now, Animals, obviously, is, is another concept album. It's basically five songs. Uh, yeah. You know, with three three main songs, and then in the front and the back right. is Pigs on the Wing. It's sort of the beginning and ending of the album. It's sort of the same song. And my friend made a great point. He goes, dude, if you think about it, Pink Floyd in 1977, in the height of disco, right? <laughs> disco <laughs> and stadium rock, right? right? Where it was just like, you know, Boston and, and Farner was just coming out and Sticks, And it was all these bands where it was just hit after hit, they're like, you know what? Let's make a concept album with 17-minute-long fucking songs <laughs> all about government and how, you know, uh, the, the, you know the, the hardships of businessmen fucking us. And it was like, are you kidding me? Like, the, the balls that that band had to put that out at that yeah. time. Well, that's the thing. Pink Floyd quickly established itself as they. What kind of music does Pink Floyd do? It they do Pink Floyd music. Uh, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, you know, you can say as big as Led Zeppelin was. Well, that's heavy metal, and you know, you move on from uh, different variations of that. But Pink Floyd is just Pink Floyd, and so and it had its following, and they so they were in a position where they're the ones that could do that. Yeah, you know, because they they sold out. They those those shows were packed. And, yeah, uh, it's like it's like saying, "What does Rush play?" It's like Rush yeah, is Rush. Exactly, you can't compare them to anything else, right? So, 
Yeah, animals again with uh, that. So it's you can see the progression because a lot of uh, early Pink Floyd, like I said, it was psychedelic rock, and then they got into this hippie stuff that they were doing, and always experimental. There's a lot of experiments. A lot of it, I kind of wish they just left off the record. <laughs> you know, uh, that Umagama album. I like the first part. The rest of it, that's noises. I know. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but you know they were. But but I appreciate the experimentation and uh, them actually working. I always appreciate that with different groups and stuff. And so they were trying. They were looking for different things and trying to find their feet. And eventually they find it. So about the time they get to Adam Hart Mother and uh, well, more, probably Metal, which is right before uh, Dark Side of the Moon where they're finally, you're getting the Pink Floyd sound that made them into, you know, rock gods. And so they get to that point. And it, but it was all this kind of surrealism and this dreamscape type stuff that the rest of the band members quite liked. And uh, uh, one of them, was it, oh, damn, I'm forgetting which, I always confuse Rick Wright and Nick Mason, but one of them was like more into jazz than rock, but rock is where the money was, you know, to make a career yeah. or what have you. But that business of doing musical uh, pieces that go on and on and on, that's, that's a jazz influence on it. And fortunately, you know, they all agreed with it. And so you got a lot of that where, yeah, there's only like, uh, uh, like you said, like four songs. <laughs> but they go, there's, oh, it's 20 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dogs is 17 minutes long. Yes. And, <laughs> and you know what's great? And he does it in concert. Uh, and he, when he was... Uh, uh, even when he just did the uh, the last one that I went to go see him, whenever and he does dogs, and they always do it. There's this long, like middle. Oh, it's not a, it's not a solo because there's no real guitars, but this is like middle piece where it's like five minutes where nothing's really happening, yeah. and it's still great. But they always pull out a poker fucking table and they play cards. They play fucking cards yeah. when this is going on. It's uh, it's hilarious. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, listen, I got 30 bucks. Fucking put me in. Yeah, I know. I'll play a little poker with you fucks. I'll tell a dick joke or something while the, while the fucking yeah. synthesizer's going, you know? It's just... Uh, it's just awesome. I, yeah. I, I, I love it, man. Like, it, it's like, and the thing is, dogs for me, like, I can listen to dogs and it doesn't feel, it feels like a regular song. It doesn't feel like a 17 minute long song. Yeah. And that's how, at least for me, to me, that's amazing. Cause I've never done anything for 17 minutes straight. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> And for me to listen to that song and not be like even turn away or be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this song's still going. It's just it's a testament to, you know, the whole band and, and everything about them. They're just a, yeah. they're just amazing. Because the way to appreciate Pink Floyd is you have to be in the mood for it and the experience because each each that's the thing about the concept albums which uh, they kind of owned. I mean, there was, you know, The Who and other people, and you, you can trace it all the way back, I guess, to Sgt. Pepper and stuff like that. But uh, the Pink Floyd really, I thought, dominated it. Certainly, they, like the, the wall is an, an actual story. What, but, uh, but uh, the, it's the whole experience of it. Because like when I get in the Pink Floyd mood, well, I start at the beginning with. <laughs> I have to go through each album. You have to. You, you know, like, like when I'm like, if I'm on my phone and I'm just going through like my library, I'm, I yeah. put my phone on to. To, to go take a shower and I have it near my shower and I'm going to put music on and I just keep it in the next next let me see if a Pink Floyd song comes on I won't listen to it I right. gotta if I'm gonna listen to the wall I gotta go from in the flesh and go through the whole thing yeah. through the through everything and then finish up with the uh, outside the wall I have to I can't just listen. it's like watching one scene in a movie. It's right. just you turn it on. Oh, look, Pulp Fiction's on. It's when John Travolta's fucking putting the needle into Uma Thurman's chest. Let me <laughs> just watch this. It's like, no, I'm going to sit there and watch the rest of it. If yeah. I could rewind it and go to the beginning, I would. That's how it is with their albums. And it, either even if it's a concept or even if it's one of their other ones, whether it's Wish You Were Here or, or um, even... Uh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon, or uh, and for me, I like the final cut. I do, but yeah. oddly enough, dude, you know what got me into Pink Floyd? <laughs> You're not gonna believe this. Okay, I I saw the movie when I was in high school, but I wasn't into Pink Floyd back then. 
Yeah. Uh, I knew the song Brick in the Wall. I kind of like Run Like Hell a little bit. I didn't really know their shit. And in I re- I used to play pool in the fucking 90s and uh, in the pool hall there was a jukebox and I used to always play two songs. Uh Time by Floyd and um uh, Aerosmith Sweet Emotion. I'm not a big Aerosmith fan, but that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And and that didn't even get me into Floyd. I heard the division bell. <laughs> Can you believe it? I'm listening and I'm like, this is pretty good. Yeah. And then I went back and then I that's what got me into Pink Floyd. And then I just wow. got so it's like when people who are Floyd fans find out, I'm like, yeah, the division bell is what got me into Pink Floyd. <laughs> they look at me like I just said I'm joining ISIS. They were like, What? I'm like, yeah, I don't understand it. And and Division Bell's a good album, and so is a momentary lapse of reason. You know, yeah. they're good. They're without waters, but that's what got me into uh into Floyd, which is just so weird <laughs> and funny hilarious. to me. <laughs> yeah. Of the two, I I I like momentary lapse of reason better. But uh yeah, it's it's you know, the post waters period and you realize the element's not there. And the main thing between Gilmore and Waters was that Waters was the lyricist and Gilmore was, you know, the melody guy. He could, Absolutely. He could come up with the riffs and stuff like Because, like, uh, Shine On Your Crazy Diamond, that came out of, they were just working on stuff. And then it, uh, Waters said that Gilmore was just doing that little, dun, 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 you know, that thing there. Right. And he heard that and he said, what's that? You know, and so they worked on it. And then that that grew into that whole thing, you know. And then, and of course, Waters was the one that came up with the conceptual ideas of bookends. And so Shine On became two songs, you know, just like uh, Pigs on the Wing and so forth. Yep. And uh, that's how that comes about, where it's kind of a clever thing. And it fits. It works. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's a cheap way of making the same song twice or whatever, you know. But it, it just works. And it, it's even with uh, The Wall, where it's several times there's bricks in the wall. <laughs> but it's like the, uh, the recurring theme. And it's, it's reminding you that this is a whole one piece. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's three there's three parts to uh, The Wall in the album. You know, yeah. there's there's Happiest Days of Our Lives. And then... Um, happiest moments of our, you know, happiest days of our lives. Then another brick in the wall, and then uh, right. part three. Yeah, and but I mean, I don't know. I could just, I, I can at times if I hear comfortably numb. If I'm driving in my car by myself, <laughs> yeah. I can shed a fucking tear. Yeah, I, I have <laughs> cried so many times listening to Floyd, like of the <laughs> fucking mush bag that I am. This fucking just, <laughs> this, you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's the pink part of the Floyd <laughs> uh, yeah so it's just uh, but that's what can... it's doing it's pushing on it and even in that it's a re- re- it calls back to childhood and all that and the mess he's in and so on the floor is at this point I, I'm comfortably numb <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean the, the, Feeling the movie was great I mean the movie was so good. They did it perfectly. I'm, I'm not yeah. sure how much did did the guys from the band have an oh, influence. No, not really. They, I mean, they have a there's cameos of them in there if you look for it. But is there really? Yeah, one of the uh, the wedding scene where Pink's getting married. Right, they're like the guests. There's a bunch of hippie looking guys. <laughs> it's, it's them. They're I probably. There. Oh wow! Now I gotta fucking go look at that. Yeah, you gotta go look at it. Yeah, but you know it's little things like that. But it's like the probably the the best uh, music video ever made. <laughs> it's two hours long, but uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's better but, than any police fucking song video. Yeah. that was made in the eighties. You know. Yeah. Oh, mo- most videos were crap. There's a few that they you know would do. That's oh, that's interesting. But most of it, eh, I don't want to see a bunch of dumb. Rock guys trying to act like actors driving cars and smiling at girls. <laughs> yeah, about... yeah, you just you basically just uh, summed up ZZ Top in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you should be heard, not seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just chill the hot chicks and be quiet. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Uh, but yeah, it's all the in the wall. Yeah, that kind of that's kind of like that should have been like if if that's the goodbye album, that's a good one to end on. But well, things didn't work out that way. And then Roger and, Waters, he you know he just decides okay the band's over, and that's when the trouble started. 
because they were happy to split because they were so irritated with him by the end. He was difficult to work with. He'd become such a control freak. And his argument, he, I'm sure he has, he's got points here, is that he was the, the workaholic and the others were kind of lazy to the come to the to work. You know, and they were saying, oh, he wouldn't let us write songs and stuff. Well, <laughs> how's he going to stop being? You know, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. it's just like they, they, he was the alpha and they kind of backed down and that's what that was. But eventually you can't take it anymore. So the relationship was over. But then he didn't want them using the Pink Floyd name. And that's when the lawsuits came. But Gilmore had an excellent argument for that. He's like, look, you know, I, he was pushing 40 by then, you know, and he's like, I've done my whole career building up the Pink Floyd name, not the Dave Gilmore name. So it's not fair for Roger to suddenly decide you can't use the name anymore because I'm not using it. <laughs> Is it yeah. No, no. So they, they were perfectly legi- uh, legitimate uh, to carry on without him. So And it worked out. It actually works out because they do uh, Pink Floyd uh, and they do Pink Floyd songs under Pink Floyd. Right. And Roger Waters goes out on as Roger Waters and yeah. he does – all the of his, you know, all the Pink Floyd stuff, <laughs> exactly. whatever he wants to do, yeah, so it works out. Yeah, uh, and 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 it, it, what's funny is that they actually took some shots at him in a couple of songs. Yes, you know, <laughs> I think it's pulls. Is it pulls apart? I think it yeah. pulls apart. Right. You know, you know, you it, were always a golden boy. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of funny. It's like <laughs> they were like always the first- happens with these guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they were the first rap battle ever, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, John Lennon did that to Paul and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, before uh, 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 Rick Wright died, at least they did the the reunion show. And, you know, that was, you know, nice. And it's what the fans want, you know, they got that. But And what's funny, I was watching uh, a show about that, and they were showing them, and they were had, like, People with like body language and they were like, you know, body language experts and they were saying like Waters was so you could tell he was so happy to be there. Yeah. And you could tell the other guys were like, yeah, this is cool, but yeah, yeah, don't stay around. Don't get too close. (laughs) You know, it's like your ex-girlfriend who dumped you. You know, invited you to a party, yeah. and you know, and you're like, hey, and now you're hanging out with her, and you want to hug her, and she's like, look, yeah. lucky you're at the fucking party. <laughs> I'm not giving you anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the, uh, the, the that was the vibe that was given. They were like, this is cool, yeah, but you know, don't get, don't think that all of a sudden everything is, uh, you know, hunky dory with us. It's just like a courteous thing to do. It's good manners, and it was good for the fans. To see oh, yeah. them together, and you can you can give them that sound one more time, and uh, so and that's it. Uh, but uh, but boy, what a catalog that they have, and they you know they made it just like I said, it's the Pink Floyd sound, and no one's been able to repeat it. There's been people that are influenced by them, of course, but at, at the best ones like Nine Inch Nails uh, calls them a, a big influence, but you don't really hear them copying Pink Floyd, and that's the way yeah. you. You know, no, I would have never. Uh, I would have never thought that. So I guess now, but yeah, that's a good thing. It in, in the sense that you know of psychology and philosophy being uh, you know themes for a song rather than just you know getting laid, which is right, what most songs writing. are about. Like I was never a big fan of Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Uh, I liked a couple of their songs, and my one, and I guess the the down. I think it's an album called The Downward Spiral. The Downward think, Spiral, yeah, and. And I didn't know the album, but then my one friend uh, was like, dude, you know that whole album was written over a girl. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> now I think I got to listen to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like once you, it's like, it, it's just like anything else. If if, some, if something was made, it doesn't have to always be like that. You know, look, Buck Cherry is around because people just want to hear a dickhead talk about fucking banging <laughs> chicks and smoke, you know, and, and fucking snorting coke. I fucking yeah. hate that band. Oh, I like the cocaine. Yeah, do you? It's not 1985. <laughs> Stop it already. But but that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't all have to. Because you know what? If it was all like that, then you wouldn't appreciate when there's a song or an album just made because of some. You know, listen, it's you know what? The, the band that's a complete opposite of fucking Floyd is Kiss. <laughs> Kiss every song is like all right. What's the, uh, I want to write a song about um, me uh, being a fucking uh, banging a lot of chicks, and I'm like a doctor. All right, we'll do a doctor love. All right, and <laughs> that's, that's what they do. They were like this, and and I like Kiss. Yeah, but 
they didn't they didn't really write songs because they were fucking uh, I got to write about this. This is fucking this right. is killing me. And but that's okay cuz then you appreciate when bands like Pink Floyd or any of these other bands will fucking write shit because they have to. You know, yeah, there's more structure to it. It's more, you know, there's just more work and a pain <laughs> yeah, in there. And it affects you differently. You right. Know? I'm like never said, in a bad it, mood when I'm listening to Kiss. I'm never yeah, in a bad mood. Yeah, or I'm never Kiss upset when I'm listening to Kiss. But like Kiss is a, they're the surrogate band. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're, a, they're basically a glorified party band. And, yeah, that's what you know, they that, that writes their own shit. And, you know, they've been around forever. Because they're very good at what they do, yeah. but you know, I'm like toe tapping. You know, I'm right. kiss. I'm like, yeah, Detroit Rock City. You know what I mean? It's great. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, they all fill a void. They all do it. They have, have their place. But of course, yeah. by today's standards of what the music industry produces, if you can even call it that, uh, uh, Kiss uh, uh, is almost the equivalent of Floyd <laughs> compared to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> pop music is fucking terrible oh, god yeah it's just a strange thing because i think like uh the early 90s and the grunge and the alternative rock was like the rock's last hurrah because when it died everything died and pop music came back with a vengeance and yeah. it's it stayed dominant for what it is i mean it's you know it's nowhere near the gold mine it used to be and uh, of course that's you know problems with technology and what have you but well, because you, you give you give uh, kids between the ages of nineteen and seventeen a viable outlet to uh, buy music or make music popular by going on YouTube or whatever, and yeah. this is what you get. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's wide and open. Face, and let's face it, let's let's call it the way it is. It's fucking girls that do this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> fucking fourteen-year-old girls are the dumbest people on the fucking planet, okay? <laughs> They watch terrible TV shows. They listen to terrible music. They created and have kept the Kardashians in fucking million-dollar homes for the last fucking yes. 10 years. You're dummies, okay? Bunch of fucking dopes. I like to fucking throw fucking One Direction CDs and pellet them in their fucking heads. <laughs> but, boy, they, they rule the world. Oh, they sure do. <laughs> they, they're in charge. And when and four years later, boy, did I have tight bellies. But you know what? I won't even yeah. get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, uh, uh, yeah. So, it, it, you know, I was watching a thing about like modern pop music and they were talking about how they were actually explaining why the music industry and why music is terrible. Not just because, hey, I don't like it. They were explaining. There's like two guys. I think the one guy's name is uh, Mike. And his last name is starts with an M. It's like Mike Madso or Mike, I forgot, who they are uh, basically responsible for over 80% of the songs that are Jeez. out on the radio. That's insane. Damn. Two guys Just two are responsible for 80 fucking percent of the fucking songs that are on the radio for the last 15 years. I mean, pop music was always written by old farts. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. There's just like I, I put it out on uh, my Facebook a couple of weeks ago. I said, what decade to you? You know, what decade do you feel had the best pop music? Yeah. And my I thought it was the 70s. Yeah. But, it, you know, you could go between 60s, 70s, 80s and even 90s. But after that, it just it falls off the fucking map it just so quickly. And there's a there's a lot of the and just like I you know like we were talking about Pink Floyd and their innovation and working and experimenting and all that there's none of that and you you could pull some of the pop songs from the past probably going on twenty years now and drop it in the middle of the eighties and you wouldn't notice because that's you know, the pop of the eighties was pretty much the pop as far as it could go and it's not changed and it's oh. just it it, it kind of like I said when the grunge and alternative came in which was kind of a response to that. And then when that died, the pop came back because it was all that was left, and it's nothing's changed. It's the same shit. And it, it, and today, the, your your biggest stars are stars because they're they're very pretty, you know. Yeah, it's all K visual. You're right, you know, I mean, Katy dude, Perry he's... is a star because not you know, the only song I remember from her is that you know the I kissed a girl song, and that's it. You know, uh, she's but... just she's just really hot to look at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many people in the '70s even knew? What 
fucking the guys from Pink Floyd looked like. Exactly. They didn't. You know? I mean, that's why most of the people, when they go see bands like fucking Rush, it's all guys. Yeah. There's no women going, oh, my God, I got to go see Alex Lifeson because he is a hot piece of ass. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't <No>. happen. <laughs> And 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 I think because there you know there was less information out there in the right, 70s right. and all that. And unless you looked at the album cover, you went to go see him in the in the in the uh, go see him in concert or watch interviews on television. Yeah. You didn't know anything about him. You were just like, <laughs> "Holy shit, I love this music. I want to go see them." That's the interesting thing about Pink Floyd and getting them promoted because immediately now, if Sid Barrett had stayed healthy, you know they would have put him on the covers and they would have had him there because he was. You know, he just looked like right out of central casting. Uh, and then Gilmore, they, 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 but they, obviously the band must, they had some control over how they would look and how the promotions would be. And of course, the artwork for the album covers was just fantastic. And it was that uh, they were a group of artists, they called themselves Hypnosis, but spe- spelling it where it's like a diagnosis and hip. <laughs> And uh, oh, they really? did, yeah, they, they, yeah. So they ended up doing now. They, they're now they're more like broken hypnosis. Yeah. Right? Oh, well, they're, well, the, the main guy's dead. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but it was all that surrealism and stuff like that. And so they did it. You know, like Dark Side of the Moon and uh, Wish You Were Here. That was theirs. Uh, all of them up till the wall. That was Roger Waters became such a control freak. He had to, he had to design the wall cover art and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, they ended up doing uh, Electric Light Orchestra and uh, Led Zeppelin, like Houses of the Holy, that was theirs. Stuff like that. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, but, uh, so it was interesting because it's like the, the stars are not on the cover. I mean, a lot, most albums, beginning of rock and roll, you, you know, Elvis and all that, you would always have your big star on the cover like that. So for uh, Pink Floyd, again, one of their, <laughs> they were different. And uh, the album cover is just the album cover. It's not them. You rarely see. It looks like they, like the Umagama album is the one time it's prominently there's Dave Gilmore because he was the prettiest one <laughs> on the the cover, and that's it. You never see them again. Yeah, I mean, early seventies Zeppelin, even like Black Sabbath or Deep Purple, you would see images of them, but right. it wasn't. Like, you know, it was like more of a whatever they wanted to put on the album cover, what it was about, and then maybe you would see a little bit, like you said, with like the Umaguma uh, album or yeah. whatever. And it's kind of how it was because it was it was about the music. Exactly. I mean, I know we sound like two old men, <laughs> and I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because you know what? If there's something good out now, I don't just dislike something because it's new. If it's good... It's fucking good, right? Because uh, even like um, my uh, stepson would uh, would be playing this music, right? And it sounded like um, I forgot what it's called, but it sounds like um, like heavy metal, right? Yeah. But and it was like a guy singing, and it was this guitar thing and all that. But it sounded like a guy in a studio who put this whole thing together, like it didn't have an ounce of soul to it. So it, it sounded, it, and the way he told me, he said a lot of the music is from the video games. So it's music they make <laughs> for fucking video games to Jeez. sound like fucking heavy metal. It, I can't, somebody who's listening to this probably knows what I'm talking about. Right, probably, and yeah. it's weird, because I'm sitting there going, oh, this sounds pretty good. But then I'm listening to it, and I'm going, oh my God, this is a soulless fucking <laughs> thing it's like it's like seeing a hot chick and then you find out she's like a fucking real doll even though she can <laughs> yeah. talk and all that you're like yeah. i don't i know I, I i'll still do the deed but you know yeah. it ain't like fucking you know meeting some chick at a fucking bar and, and you you have this connection and then you you know you go and do dirty things to her yeah. it just felt weird but there, there was none of that uh back then you know and, no. and and i know that you could go further back and it would get even um you know, even the pop music, it was it still had a lot. I mean, there was, you know, pop stars, you know, fucking Engelbert Humperdinck and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, all these dudes who were like heartthrobs. Yeah, that like, machine was always producing something like that. But uh, there was just, you know, uh, the best stuff won out. But now I and it's odd because you would think it would be more of better art because there's there's opportunities for them to do it on their own and stuff but it's hard but i mean 
the top labeled uh, uh, artists are the, are the dominant you know voices and stuff. And I, I don't know. I, and, I, and I have to imagine that they, the the audience has shrunk so that when they say it's big, it's not big like it was in the heyday of music. You know, it's just well, we've got a hundred percent of this of this group of kids. You know, and plus, like I said, the technology kind of messes with things in the sense that they can all steal every song, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, what are you gonna do? But uh, gotcha. so uh, yeah, uh, the the changes and whatnot. It's just a little odd that pop dominates the way it is now. And uh, but every now and then somebody will come through and there'll be a cool little song here. But a lot of times it's just like I'll see a car ad and there'll be a song on it and like oh I wonder what that is and I go look for it the name if someone put it in the comment section on YouTube <laughs> then I'll find it. And uh, because radio is dead to me as far as music goes, <laughs> it's been dead for a long time. Uh, so yeah. uh, it's all sad, and I don't think it's if there is a new Pink Floyd out there in one way or another, uh, it's really hard to find it. I, uh, we covered a lot of material. <laughs> Pink I Floyd we uh, went through quite a few phases. I do recommend it, and if you're going to really get into Pink Floyd, as Joe said, you really got to listen to the, the albums all the way through. Uh, I don't guess you have to do it the way I do it from the beginning to the end of... Uh, <laughs> from their first album to the last but uh certainly when you pick out a pink floyd album it's meant to be heard uh from beginning to end because it's all one piece and that's the shame about the technology to where it's now down to only singles whereas an album was meant to be a complete work we are currently experiencing technical difficulties please stand by Can you hear me? Uh, you're going in now. Ah, jeez. All right, let me try this one more time so we can say goodbye. Okay. Okay, uh, Skype wants to build a wall between us. <laughs> so Good I guess Good reference. Well, yeah. We'll call it a day. Thanks for coming on the show, Joe. We'll do it again sometime about some other subject, but uh, this was fun. Thanks, brother. It was a lot of fun, man. Okay. Have a nice day. All right, Doug. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. And that brings to a close this episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. do hope you appreciate it. Check out Joe Conti with his partner, uh, Kenny Michaels, on the Conti and Kenny Show live Monday nights uh, at 7 uh, on morelikeradio.com. Check out the Conti and Kenny show for a lot of great laughs. Is this the end? Will Stormy Daniels spank President Trump on the ass with a rolled up copy of Forbes magazine with Trump's face on the cover? Will the government shut down? And is Dick Durbin still a steaming pile of shit? Find out next time, same Trump time, same Trump channel. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. We don't need no legal aliens. What we need is border control No more Muslim jihad bombing Illegals leave America alone Hey! Illegals!
trying to reach is currently unavailable.